Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories... The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello, everyone. I am with Daniela Procopio, founder of Soma Tea, a new company that developed the first ready-to-drink lactation support beverage for moms on the go. Daniela, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you, Soma, and your brand story. Thank you so much, Caroline. I'm so excited to be here and be able to share more about how we started and where we are and where we're going. I love it. I love it. And I actually, so again, I, I talk about different parts and I'll kind of be jumping back and forth because I just love people's journeys a lot, but I actually really want to start about Soma, uh, with Soma right now. Because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a fairly new business, correct? Correct. Yep. We just okay. launched. Uh, can you, what month did you launch? So we officially launched within the last month, actually. So wow. We're, really, really new. we're babies. I like to say this is my fourth baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Can you tell me the journey um, between like how you conce- you conceptualize this product? in this brand, and then to where you are today, especially because one month in is such a big feat. So 100%. Um, and actually, it's so funny, you, this is one of the first questions that you asked, because that's something that I was googling nonstop how to start, you know, I had yeah. this idea where to go from here. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I, we actually came up with the idea for Solma years ago. So when our first was a baby, a newborn, um, I had just started my breastfeeding journey and I was looking to the often effective products in the market. They were very effective for me. Um, however, I, I felt like there was a need in the market for something ready to drink. So I looked at the teats that you see, they were really effective. The cookies with the, the various Galacticog ingredients in them in order to promote milk production, they were really effective for me. However, the one thing that I felt was missing was that was great when I had time to steep tea or when I was in the mood for a cookie, Mm -hmm. but I needed something to meet me where I was in the day, um, something ready to drink in a ready to drink format. So we looked and looked and looked, did not find anything in the market for that. So the very first thing we did was to find a beverage developer to really help us, you know, this is our idea. This is what we want it to taste like. Help us create this. So we started working with a company down in Kentucky um, in order to really, you know, develop our idea and develop our taste profiles and start getting sample after sample after sample, yeah. um, which was great. But honestly, that was probably the biggest part of the journey was yeah. we had this idea, but getting a sample that meets your specifications and meets right. what you're looking for is so hard. So after years uh, we finally were able to come up with a formulation and a taste that we felt good about that had the dosages of the, uh, the Galacticogs that we wanted, um, that we felt were effective. Um, and so from there, we had to go find a co-packer to take this formulation and produce it in the quantities that we were looking for in an environment that was 
you know, that met all the different requirements in order to be able to start selling this in the future. So wow. all that process, I feel like I condensed it, but that was over a three-year process for us. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and also so interesting because especially like for you, this has been a three-year journey, but you're really right. just starting. So, and I think a lot of people can relate to that where they're like, maybe they've got an idea or maybe they just are, they're working on it actively, whatever the situation is. Can you share, do you mind sharing a little bit about your thought process or kind of like, what was that three year in those three year period up until the day you were like, we're ready to go. What was that like for you? So it was a lot of a, you know, it's, it's exciting exciting and there's like there were moments where we'd receive samples and we would be like oh gosh this is so exciting we're one step closer and then we'd try a sample because we were like oh let's add this one ingredient and then all of a sudden the sample was not what we wanted and it would be often discouraging yeah and my husband and I spoke to each other often and we'd be like I can totally see how people have ideas for businesses and then they walk away from their great ideas because yeah. it can be discouraging it can be scary when you think of like oh gosh I'm investing like so much money in this great idea because I know it's a good idea. I believe in my idea, but it is scary. It's a yeah. scary thing. Um, so, so obviously there was moments of excitement. There was moments of, you know, you felt discouraged. There was moments where you're like, nope, I'm going to keep moving forward. And, yeah. um, so lots of range of emotions over the last three years. But I think the biggest one was needing to be patient. Yeah. Needing to be patient. Things, uh, things that are worth it often take time. They really do. So, I love that. And I think so many people can relate to that. I know for myself, I can. And it's so interesting that like, that's that I mean, it's just such a natural part of the process. And like people say, right, like starting your own business is not for the faint of heart, like you really have to stick to what you believe in. So Juan, congratulations for starting for officially launching Somati. And so I actually, I'd love to get into, I, I'm like skipping my steps a little bit because I was looking at the brand of Soma and I think, I think the concept is so great. I mean, I have never had a, any children, but I have multiple friends who have, and they've talked about their journey, especially from a lactation standpoint. And also too, like you're a mom, you're always, you're, you have to be on the go for whatever your lifestyle is. So I think the concept and product itself is great. And I love that you also mentioned in that journey, right? You had a very specific taste profile that you were looking for, but did you also have a specific type of brand and voice and tone and style that you were looking for as well? Yeah. So I think that that you mentioned a little bit of it. So we, you know, mom is always on the go and we wanted to create a brand that really is a village. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier, one of my friends earlier, and how I am lucky to live in a neighborhood that is so, like, you know, very friendly. I have a lot of, my neighbors are my friends, and I think that's great. That's part of my village. But I know for a lot of people, that's not the case, and they look elsewhere to find their mom village. And so that is something that was very important to me, to build a brand um, that is a mom village. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, no judgment, come as you are, you know, we are here if you choose to embark on this breastfeeding journey. If breastfeeding is not for you, cool. You know, if it is, great. Like, let, you know, try our products and 
let us take something else off your plate, you know, because if you want something to help promote lactation and you don't have time to steep teas or for dietary restrictions, don't want to consume those other, those other products, cookies out there, that's fine. Come as you are, take what you need from us. If that's just, you know, you know, some, some of the, um, so am I ready to drink beverages, throw it in your work bag and let us make life easier for you. I love that. And I really like that you're basically instilling this sense and this pillar essentially of community within the brand just by just by one product and people are and it's something that's like so accessible to so many people. Well, that's what we're hoping, right? Like that's truly what we're hoping is that if we are find ourselves uh, in an opportunity to be able to do that, then I feel like our brand or our, our company is a success because yeah. as a new mom, I was desperately looking for something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to provide that, um, to other moms in my similar position as well. Wow. That's fantastic. And I really like, and kind of just going back to this vision, I think of this like village, can you talk a little bit about how you came to the name Soma? Yes. So it's so funny because we initially looked into many other names and one of them, we got pretty far in the process. And then we realized when it was time to trademark it, it was taken. Mm. So then we were advised, you know, the best names to trademark are the ones that don't like words that don't exist, put two words together, this, that, and the other, you know, make something up basically. So my husband was the one who came up with the idea. We had just celebrated um, our second son's first birthday and it was, um, Lu- his name is Luca. So Luca's Unoverse, like instead of universe, it's okay, Uno, yeah. like number one in Unoverse. Um, cause we speak Spanish as well. So it was Luca's Unoverse. So my husband was walking past this like solar system backdrop that we had, you know, as we were getting ready for his party and, um, he saw the sun and he's like, okay, sun in Spanish is soul. And like the soul, like, the sun create, you know, as a creator, it helps grow things. Um, it brings life like similar to how mothers bring life. And then ma, uh, like here in Massachusetts, we're in Massachusetts. Um, a lot of, a lot of parents, like parents call their mothers, ma, my mm-hmm. late father-in-law used to call his mother, ma, and also we're in Massachusetts. So Massachusetts and ma for mother. And so we're like soul ma. I love it. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love so when it. he said that. I was like, yes, actually. Yes. Okay. It is. Yes. And it works That'll so work. well. It works so well. It's easy on the tongue. And also too, it has a deep meaning and it's unique. And I, I love it. I think it also, if it just, I don't know, to me, it conveys this like trust and, and comfort. And I think that's what it seems like you're going for with the brand anyway. So I think it works. seamlessly. And then even to the aesthetics of Soma is like very, it feels very like comforting, nurturing, and like, feminine, but not like, overly like, what am I looking at? You know what I mean? It's like very clean and easy to, to digest. 100%. So I actually, I love I'm like, very feminine, like girly girl, I love bows and all this stuff. And so fun fact, when we were looking at like developing and what like the copy would look like, and what our labels would look like, I, you know, I had all these grand visions. And somebody said to me, how about we approach your feminine side, but also make it not overtly Mm -hmm. like girly, 
ways. And, and so it was interesting because the product that came out, I was like, this is for what I was looking for. It's exactly what I wanted. Right. Because it's something that I feel would be, it's, it's clean. Um, like you said, it's feminine. And then it has those like slight touches of the girly girliness. Like it has a bow and the, and the, um, on the label in a small version. So it has like my little girly girl touches without overtly that way. So I thought it was- I love that. I love that. (laughs) I'm curious. I mean, even like you said, right? Going back to the name, this drew from personal inspiration and just kind of your surroundings and influence from them. So even the branding, like you said, it's drawing from your personal self, but it's not so much to where you're like, and exactly what you said earlier right it's like come as you are but like there's kind of just the sense in this nurturing village that we're creating for you so I absolutely love that and I think I think it really comes through as well I think that's really unique and and that's hard to really convey in branding and I think that's why so many people struggle or can at times face challenges in their business journey because of that I'm glad you think so. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, backtracking to your background. I know that Solma is not your first business, right? You have another business with your husband? Yes, we do. Um, We also own Stove Oven Grill. And so this one is, it's a food blog recipe. And then from there, we've also um, branched out and we now have two signature rubs that we sell on our e-commerce platform as well as a few retail locations and in the next few weeks we are actually getting additional rubs on the website as well oh for a total of different recipes so yeah so um very entrepreneurial family (laughs) yeah you know it's busy but we love it yeah, it's busy, but it's certainly is busy, though. <laughs> how did you what kind of prompted you guys to start? Because how long has Stove Oven Grill been around? So we lo- officially launched it last summer. So I've awesome. been okay. I think we had three. so that one is because we really launched it at a farmer's market last year was Got the it. official okay. week. Even though it had been we it, our site had been live for a few months prior to that, but really right. it was then. That's so interesting. And then in this process, you were still finalizing Solma, correct? Yes, correct. A hundred percent. So we were working in parallel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you have, when you started, because Solma, if, if you don't mind me making this assumption, is almost like your first business baby, right? Because it started three years ago right. in this conception phase, in this production phase. And then last summer you started Stove Oven Grill. So what what kind of, did you have any challenges or epiphanies or whatever? Like, what was that journey like for you to starting two completely different brands and like kind of around the same time? Yeah. So we noticed a lot of it. So the thing with Stove Oven Grill is that it is, a lot of it is in-house, right? So like we have a residential kitchen. And so my husband, you know, does all like the the rubs and all the orders through there and everything that you know whenever an order comes through or whenever we need more for the retail locations or things of that nature everything is in-house mm-hmm. so um that in a way it's easier because it's just us and we can manage our own time in order to do that but in a way it's much harder because 
as stated, it's just us, right? So instead of being able to like outsource and say like, we need X amount of this and this rub in order for this retail location, it's like, all right, let's find the time, you know, once all the kids go to sleep, we need to transform our kitchen from regular kitchen back to residential kitchen in order to get these orders out. So I feel like in a way it was launching stove oven grill after, as you said, after starting the work for Soma was easier in a way because a lot of it was in-house, but more challenging in a way that a lot of the, the bulk of the work was us doing it versus um, as opposed to Soma, we had been working with that company in Kentucky to do the formulations to get sure. everything. It was kind of out of your hands. Samples. Right. Mm-hmm. So in a way it was easier, but harder. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. And Cause I mean, each business comes with its own challenges and that's why I bring up stove up and grill because you are working simultaneously, especially now that Soma is launched on two different brands. How do you kind mm-hmm. of balance sort of the marketing of it all? And how do you, and have you, has one business taught you things that influence the other business and vice versa? Yeah, no. So how do we balance the marketing of it all? We're still trying to figure that out. What we have noticed ever recently is that we noticed that st- above and grill with the having the e-commerce side of it a lot of it is um obviously we have to work social media and we do that on our own but a lot of the 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 busyness of stove and grill happens in june to december which is the Some... farmer's market season and then the holidays um oh, and interesting. So, okay. so we're about to step into that so at this time January up until now, we've really been able to focus on Solma. So in a way, and who knows, this may change down the road, right? But as of now, we're thinking like, oh gosh, I think Stove Oven Grill is going to be like heavy in the like the last six months of the year versus Solma will be able to do a lot of the heavy lifting in the first six months of the year, right? Like that's a nice balance we're, we're just, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually and, a and, very and, nice balance. That's what we're thinking. Um that being said, we definitely have learned a lot and we write things down like as we go and someday we're going to have to put it all together because it's just so much that in the beginning we outsourced that we realized, okay, we didn't need to outsource things like the name. Like initially yeah. we had been speaking to a company about coming up with a name for Solma. And then as I stated, we came up with a name and up until the trademark time, we realized it was already trademarked. Yeah. Going back now, it's like, well, we came up with Soma. We could have just done that from the beginning, right. you know? Um, and then other things, it's like, well, I don't know how to build a website. So I, I'm i a firm believer in, you know, give the expert, you know, let the experts do what they do, you know? And and if, you know, spend, spend your money where you don't have a strength. I don't have a strength in website building. <laughs> so I... So, I appreciate that you just shared this because I think, especially for newer business owners, but I think across the board, truthfully, and even more, especially if your budget is relatively limited, that finding that sweet spot of like, this is what I know I should be letting, like you said, let the experts do what they do. And this is what I realized, you know, we could probably come up with things on our own. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that trap because I think, and I'm curious to know your thoughts here is like, when you were in that process of like, should we be outsourcing? Did you 
I mean, like you said, right, you outsourced the name originally, and then it ended up being you guys came up with it. Was there ever a time where you were like, you know what, like marketing, let's just say should be outsourced, we don't want anything to do with it, because we should focus on this? Or was it kind of like, case by case basis, depending on what the need was? Yeah, so now looking back, um, I think, I think it was a mixture of, of both. Initially, I think we had started Solma especially with the intention of outsourcing everything because mm-hmm. we're like we've done any of this before like we are not an expert in this at all yeah and, and we even though and because Solma was our first like business baby even though it launched after Stove and Grill we're like we're new to this entrepreneurial stuff altogether like we don't know what we're doing you know and so we were we had outsourced everything and now I realize that not doesn't necessarily need to be the case like give yourself a little credit. My husband tells me this all the time. He's like, you got to give yourself a little credit. You know more than you know. And I'm like, do that. And he's like, yeah, you do. And I think that's important too. Have yourself, if you have a business partner, if you have, uh, have somebody who believes in you and gives you pep talks all the time. Yeah. Important. (laughs) It is. It is so important. That's why people get coaches because they're like, especially for people who are like, I don't trust anyone in my world telling me. (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. Even if you don't have a business partner, fine, get yeah. yourself a coach or get yourself yeah. a, a villain sorts who is able to yeah. champion you on and give yourself pep talks. Yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning I was, let's outsource everything. And then you realize, oh gosh, okay. I actually have a limited budget. So what can I outsource versus what can I figure out in house? And there are certain yeah. things, especially starting out that I personally feel are important to outsource for me. So for me, it was website building. I don't know how to do that. And building a website is important for me um, in the beginning stages of a brand. Things like at least having a marketing plan, whether you then take that marketing plan and execute it yourself, that's fine. But at least have somebody who is in the marketing realm, be able to, to be able to walk through, this is what is recommended based on your business and based on where you see it going in your target audience. Mm -hmm. So those are things that were for important for me to outsource. And then from there, I'd be able to pick and choose. Okay. I think I can actually take this on myself or, okay. I think I need an expert help with this as well. So, yeah, I love that because I think to write so many people battle, well, where should I put that focus? And there's so many options. And I work with clients a lot to basically be like, no, don't pay attention to any other option. Like this is what you can do based on your limited budget or whatever resources, right? And then this is what you do. So I'm curious to know, has there been anything that you decided to actually not outsource and do yourself and then realize I shouldn't have, I should have outsourced this? Uh, let me see. For Soma, the only thing was the name, the name thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, the no, thing was the opposite. Then, yeah. <laughs> the opposite. Okay, the opposite. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. No, because for Soma, I feel like we've outsourced yeah, most of it at this yeah. point. And then um for stove oven, I think at this point, no. The only thing is we might consider down the road is outsourcing social media. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's a full time job. It is I feel like job. I have so much respect <laughs> for that for the people that grow their followings because it is a full, and so right now it's still in house. We manage that ourselves. Mm-hmm. However, as we continue to grow, I feel 
like, you know, there's only so much that you can do. And I think that there's so much value in social media if you're able to, to spend time with it. So that's something that we might look to outsourcing in the future, but at this time we don't have any plans and that's the only ones that I can think. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Cause I at a certain point, right. You just, if it's too time consuming, it's not, it may not just not simply be worth your time and whatnot, but I think that's really interesting that you share that because one, not a lot of people do, right? They're like, well, I figured it out or whatever, whatever it is. So thank you for sharing, for sharing that. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like now, especially in particular with Soma, when it came to the launch and officially deciding, okay, like we're ready. I I assume it was because you were ready to sell the products, right? Like that, all of the boxes ticked off with that. From a marketing standpoint, what were you doing if anything, prior to that point? So not much. So right now we are in the process of doing that marketing and more so we did a soft launch. And so mm-hmm. in the next month, we'll probably do like the full, full blast um, launch launch. Um, so we were ready to launch when, you know, when we hit production, everything was done with production, all the bottles were produced. Everything was then transferred to our 3PL. At that point we were like, and our website was up and running. We're like, great. We're yeah. ready to launch. But in terms of actually like doing marketing for it that launch, that's something yet. that we're starting at this time. Yeah. Um, so so we've we've had a number of sales, but it's like I said, it's friends, family, words of mouth. So really we're starting doing laying the marketing foundation at this time. So for the in the next month, we'll be able to fully, fully launch. Um, and what that is going to entail is more outreach, some more social media, um, having people try our products and leave more testimonials. Because I know personally for me, um, I will see a product and I'll, the first thing I do is I read a review. I'm like, Oh, right. what do people think? Nope. Yeah. Is this legit? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? Um, build fidelity behind the brand. So we're in the process of doing all of that at this point in order to fully launch in order to, I think that'll be our official launch launch versus a soft launch that we did um, less than a month ago. Yeah. I love that. And I appreciate that, you know, you say right now you're building, you're taking this time that to build the foundation of the marketing and whatnot. Cause that's not, like you said, the floodgates are now open. You have the ability to sell the product. And I think a lot of people or a lot of businesses that I've spoken with, they kind of feel like this weird pull because there's so much to do while production is happening or while you're getting prepared for launch. So marketing a lot of the times takes a back seat, but they feel guilty about that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to have any of those feelings? Or were you, did you already like, were you very clear, like, no, once we're ready, we will then start to really market this and tease that. I felt guilty in the sense that I'm like, oh gosh, like we are ready to sell this. What Once we're ready to sell this, there are so many different things that I should have been doing leading up to it in order to make our soft launch have an even bigger splash. So guilty in that sense. But then I have to, you have to sit back and I personally sit yeah. back and remind myself, like, okay, well, we have this business and we have the other business. And also we have three kids four and under. So yeah. we have 24 hours in a day and we're utilizing three fourths of that, the, the, that day and doing as much as we can. There's only yeah. so much we can. Right. So I think that's the one thing that I'm trying to, to focus on that. There's always more that you can do, but um, in order to prepare, but just keep moving forward. That's my yeah. biggest thing is as long as you're continuing to move forward, that's the best thing that you can do 
because there's sometimes just not enough hours in the day there aren't, yeah. to do everything you want to do, especially leading up to a big event, especially when you have another business, especially when you have three kids or even if you have no kids, but you have other responsibilities. There's always so much going on. As long as you're moving forward, though, I try. Try to keep the guilt at a minimum as yeah. best I can. <laughs> That's I'm not very all, I'm not fair. I'm not always successful, but that I, I try to do that. <laughs> yeah, that is so fair. I'm so sorry. I have to pause this. Okay, we are back. <laughs> um, well, I appreciate you sharing all of that because I think, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of business owners, and so many people I talk to, they they have such an immense amount of guilt for what they should have done. And I like that you appreciate that or that you were like, you know what, like, I'm a mom with three kids under four, I believe you said, right? Yeah, you four have now, yeah. a husband, you've got two, like, it's just, it's a lot, right. And so I think the fact that you recognize that is so inspiring, not just to me, but to other people, because even as a business owner myself, like, I just it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I know a lot of people that I've spoken with do as well. So thank you for sharing your experience with that. And I'm even more curious, kind of back to the business side of it all is like, the approach that you are taking in terms of what you consider your marketing foundation, because I th- I love that you use you use the word specifically mark, you're laying the foundation for your marketing right now. And that's something I used to use quite a bit and still do depending on who I'm talking to. So, but like not a lot of people consider it that, right? Like they, they think like, okay, I've got a marketing strategy. That's the foundation, but like, it's not always right. Like there's so much more to it. So I'm curious to know your thoughts about like, how would you describe a marketing foundation for your business? And what does that uh, groundwork look like for you? Yeah. So I think it's a, numerous, numerous different things. So I think first aesthetically, right? So what does it look like? What does our company aesthetically look like? What are the colors? You know, our, we have three different SKUs, three different flavors in our product. We have chamomile, we have rooibos, and we have lemon. So we have lemon is the yellow. We have the chamomile, which is purple. We have the rooibos, which is an orangey color. So I think aesthetics wise, the marketing foundation is, is making sure that our color palettes are aligned, but then it stems further with that too. Like what, who is our target audience and what is the tone that we're utilizing? Um, what are we trying to say and how are we conveying it? Why are conveying it? What are certain words that we like to use? Certain words that are aligned with what our business stands for. Um, so it's just making sure all of that is nice and organized as well, because as you can you know, start to grow and continue to grow, it's important to be um, making sure that what you're showing for your business and what and how you're saying, how you're speaking about your business aligns with what your business stands for. So that's what, what we're in the process of really figuring out. We know who our target audience is. We know in terms of aesthetics, what we want our business uh, copy to look like. Um, a lot of the promotional materials, we know what the colors and all that we want it to look like. We know what our logo looks like. That's important too, but it stems more than that. How are we... Um, you know, how do we speak of our business and what are words and things, adjectives to be able to describe our business that we want? Because that is all, in my opinion, all ties into the marketing. Yeah, it does 100% because you're, I mean, and I think too, 
people get can get caught up on like, what's our mission statement, like in getting nail nailing down that one sentence or whatever. And, and a lot of times that is important, but that's not everything. And especially at this stage where you're it's all about education, right? And so I'm curious, what do you uh, like, I guess, in this process of what is our tone, like what, what is our message and all the things? What has been the most challenging part about it? Hmm. I think to your point is making a decision on, I feel like as a business owner, I had so many different business ideas. I mean, not business idea. Well, yes, that too, but different ideas for how, where I wanted the business, what I wanted to stand for and how I wanted to be portrayed and this, that, and the other, just really just focusing on a general idea. And I think that for me, that's been the hardest. It's like, find something and sticking with it. I'm for me, I think that's the most challenging because I feel like every day I come up with like, like, I also want to say this, or I think we should add this as a tagline or I should, Mm -hmm. you know, it's more so a, let's start with this and let's, let's grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can absolutely relate. Excuse me. And I know a lot of people can. So again, like everything you're saying is just so relatable and I'm obsessed. It's so relatable. (laughs) I'm like, what do you say about me? Am I like noncommittal? I'm like, I find one thing can't stick with it. (laughs) It is so incredibly relatable and that, and it's so interesting from my point of view, because again, I, I'm, my background is marketing. So I, and communications and I love hearing this, but when you're in it and I didn't know this until I started my business, because I can see it so clearly for others, but when you're in it, you can, it's like, you're just blinded in some way. Like you just have like, tunnel vision, but that tunnel vision like moves and like, you just can't see it all. It's so difficult. And so the fact that you're being so open with like these challenges, I'm really appreciative. So thank you. It's so, it's so funny to hear you say that because it's so true before launching our businesses, I could literally help anybody else out and be like, this is what you need to do. This is your time. Like so easy. So obvious. Go, go, go for yourself. I'm like, oh my gosh, is it? Yeah. Oh gosh, I can't. Right. So, you know, and why? Why am I this way? Why am I this way? <laughs> yes. And like you said, am I being non-committal? No, no, no. Is this dumb? Does what does this say about me? One hundred percent. So you are not alone. <laughs> and anyone else listening to this, you are not alone. <laughs> it's. It is. <laughs> and it's so fascinating because I have been so fortunate to meet with a lot of business owners, especially in this container of these the series. And I've spoken to people from Nike, from larger corporations, from people who who are, who have a background in marketing and they, and like, I, like even one in particular, like she, her background was, she was, she's been doing what she's been doing for like 14 years, like a vet, multiple people. And they, she was saying how, you know, yeah, you just, you just get stuck. Like you just can't see out of it. And so I think, and that's why I'm sharing this and emphasizing it because whoever is listening, especially if they're in a similar stage of business that you are in, you need to hear it because it's so, you're not behind, even though one a million percent feels like you are, you are not. (laughs) And especially from a marketing perspective, I think the journey in your business, in the way that you communicate is the 
is just your natural evolution. Like even you personally, right? And I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Who I was two years ago, even how I communicate about myself, how I, how I compose myself, whatever it is, right? That's different. As is your business. Like it, you're, it's going to evolve and how you can meet. Sure, you have your core. And sometimes the, the changes are more drastic depending on the situation. But do you, does that resonate or like, is that just me? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And I think that says a lot about a person, right? You're not staying still. You're growing. Yeah. You're not a stagnant object. You're growing. And like you said, you like your core, your mission, your values are the same, but you're still evolving. And I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I think like both personally and professionally to be different than you were two years ago um, yeah. in your personal life and how you handle your professional life and all of that. I think that it's exciting. So I completely, I completely relate to that. And I, and even in your journey, right. I would imagine three, like you said, the journey and the th- that three year period, there was some highs and lows in, in that and a lot of pep talks and, and just kind of reinforcement needed. And I'm curious to know, when you first came up with the idea for Soma before it was Soma, how has that, and now that you're laying the foundation, how much of that core tone brand, I guess, that you sort of envisioned, but like further down the line, how much of that has come true and how much of that has evolved? Yeah. So the only thing that has remained the same is the idea, the reason that we came up with Soma was the only thing that has has not changed is why we came up with it. We needed something that was ready to drink version for a busy mom on the go. So that idea that has stayed the same. Yeah. But everything since then, I didn't even know like yeah. what was going to be involved in it when we first started it in 2020. You know, we had yeah. no idea. We're just taking it one step at a time. Like I said to you, first we connected with the company in Kentucky and then started from there. We had yeah. no idea yeah. uh, what was going to be next. But I'm sure everything like has evolved and everything like that. But the yeah. the one constant has been, as we said, the core, what yeah. we stood for and which was we need something for the mom on the go. And yeah. that has remained the same. And I think that's, you know, that is the nucleus of our company, yeah. something for the mom on the go, a ready to drink version to support you wherever you are. Yeah, I love that. And I do. And what I love even more is like, and and it's so it sounds so cheesy or cliche or whatever, however it can sound. But like every time we get lost, we have to remember why we started. Every single time. And sometimes that's multiple times a day. And I think and I think what's so interesting too, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. If you because I I've met with a lot of people who are multifaceted, they have multiple businesses, just like you, right? Some of them seem so completely different on the surface and they have such a hard time finding a balance and layering it in together and all these things. And I'm curious to know, do you see sort of that connector between stove oven grill and Soma at all? I think the biggest, the only connector that I can think of, and I don't know if this answers the question, but to make life easier because stove oven grill has, a lot of recipes, um, which again, when you are trying to make your grocery list and you're like, Oh God, what do I cook this week? Yeah. You know, it has lots of different options, but then also, like I said, we have our two signature 
Dr. Rubs and are in the process of coming out with more. And everybody that tries them, and we've had quite a number of people from the farmer's market or have purchased e-commerce, all say the same thing. They're like, I just put it on my chicken or I put it on my veggies or I put it on my popcorn. Even we've heard it just takes, you know, takes the stress out of meal planning. And I think that that is a unifying thread between Stove Oven Grill and Solma is that we aim to make life easier. Solma for moms who are breastfeeding moms on the go and Stove Oven Grill, the open fire rubs for people that want to spice up their meals in the kitchen and don't necessarily have the time or the interest in really doing anything wild. And, And so- I think that's a unifying thread. It's interesting. I've never thought of thought of it that way. Yeah, but I but that is so clear to me because yeah. everything that you do at your core, like you said, is to make life easier. What that looks like. And I was reading up on Stove Oven Grill why why you guys started it because I was curious. And I and I do feel like the person. And again, I'm not trying to make assumptions, <laughs> so please correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like the personal why for you too and like just kind of this personal passion is is creating something and it's related it's in like kind of this culinary realm as well which seems like a passion for you and your husband is that correct oh absolutely yep 100 yeah. percent. yeah so you're good you're good at me <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> yeah no, i find no, i always good. find it so interesting and so many and it's so difficult it can be really really difficult to find that unifying thread because Yes. various reasons for various reasons but so I'm curious okay and I want to be mindful of your time what has been sort of the or I guess actually sorry I'm gonna before I do my kind of like fire off questions for the mark going back to the marketing of it all if you don't mind sharing some what has been kind of like you said social media is kind of it's a full-time job you may outsource that what strategies or tactics have you seen work for you? Or if it if you're, it's too early to tell if it worked, have you been enjoying kind of exploring? Um, so we're in the beginning stages. So I guess a lot of things are too early to tell. But I think the one part that I can absolutely say that I really enjoy is making different connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that we definitely find. Um you know, that is, it's just that it's connecting you through social networks. And I know it sounds so obvious, but I, I guess I did never really use social media other yeah. than, you know, to post a picture of my dog or to post a picture of my martini. Yeah. Um, but now I'm starting to delve into the other aspects that people have been using for years in their businesses. Yeah. And it's really to engage with other like-minded businesses or other people that are looking for, you know, the product that you're selling. And I think that that's very exciting. And I think that's another reason why um, we started looking at getting support with social media, because I really enjoy doing that connections, you know, talking to people on social media and things like that. But yeah. um, I don't necessarily have time to create content. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so again, it goes back to what we were originally talked about, which is choose what you're good at and outsource the rest. Yeah. What you need <laughs> yeah. And two, from a content perspective, I'm curious, like, what have you been, have you been strategizing? And if you don't mind sharing, um, like, what kind of content are you, it, do you feel is, is appropriate at this stage in the business? And, and how, and if you can share a little bit about your approach, I don't want you to reveal your secret sauce and everything, but anything that you feel like sharing. 
for secret sauces right now we're trying everything because excellent the bagel seasoning <laughs> yeah. no so we're working with um somebody who's helping us with this and she's really great and what she helps do is she creates like a content calendar like a month ahead ahead of time which I find that level of organizational uh, organization just mm-hmm. inspirational. Um, <laughs> um, and so we really try to look at like, are there holidays that are aligned that we could tap into? Or are there certain like national baby day, for example, did you know national baby day was on May 2nd? Sure. I did not know that. Yeah. Obviously a social media manager did know that. And she was able to like tap into that and, and, and be relevant in those areas. Mm -hmm. And so really able to work in that way. But like I said, since we're new, we're really just trying everything and seeing what sticks and honestly having fun in the process. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. What has been the most, well, I guess we kind of talked about it, but I guess if there's anything else that may stand out to you is what tactics or approaches, because I'll try to be more specific, has been the most challenging. I know you mentioned kind of finding that voice, that messaging and and all the things um, as part of that foundation. But if there's been any specific tactics um, that have felt like a little bit more challenging or just a little bit of uncertainty around it. Um, so I don't know if this answer is a question, but I know personally what I found to be challenging, especially with like stove oven grill is... Um, we can be social, like we can do social media, we can launch our website, we can be in front of so many different people. However, SEO is an enigma to me. Mm. Like, I don't know, like, unless you know SEO, I don't know how that works, you know? And, yeah. and again, I don't know if this answers the question, but like, at the end of the day, we can be on our Instagram, we can talk to people, we can create content and all that, that stuff. But right. there's so many different, like, into the background of SEO in order to be able to pop up on the on the first page of Google that I know nothing about. And I yeah. feel like if you don't, if if you are not investing in experts to help you with that, I don't know how much success you're going to have. <laughs> yeah, no, but, and that's such a great point. And SEO in particular, it, it you're right. It is an enigma. And this is something that I think a lot of marketers even, kind of overlook. They do the basics of SEO and I've been guilty of it as well in my career. And, and they do, they, cause they, it's, they think they know enough and it's like at the exact same time, very easy to understand it and extremely difficult to understand it. And there's no way around it other than like, okay, you've got your keyword strategy, but it's like, it's an ongoing process. And but it is, if it is done well, it can give you that leg up that you need. And it also is something to, and you'll see, probably see this in a few months from now, if that is something that you are um, like investing in is it will like things that you do six months ago will start to appear and really you'll start to see kind of that return on investment happen. And I think that's the thing that's so difficult for people to wrap their head around because it truly is a long game. Sometimes it can work quickly, but not always. So I think I love the fact that you you laid out a very specific example for people because, you know, social media is flat, can be really flashy and an email. I mean, email is a great channel, but social media in particular, like everyone's gotta be on. And I say that with air quotes, but 
You know, it's not always what's going to move the needle for you in terms of a sales driver. So that's really interesting. And I'm, oh, I got a notification. Right. That internet connection is unstable. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I can. Okay. I can hear you. froze for a second, but I can hear you. But okay. actually, you said something so interesting that I feel like I heard it before, but it didn't really stick. So I'll just say it again. Yeah. You, it's a, you have to be patient. Because yeah. what you said, and I, I feel like I've seen that a lot, you like invest in all the stuff and you're expecting like an like a return on investment immediately. Right. And I think a lot of the things takes time. And um, I'm still learning that as I go. But I yeah. thought that was interesting because you mentioned that how SEO, especially it's a long game. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we were looking at it and you're like, well, I'm investing like X amount of money on it. I want like an immediate result. And okay. Yeah. Sure. But that's not the way it works. Right. And that's taking me some time to really understand, but it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's so, so true. And I, and it's so difficult for people to see that. And even coming from in-house and I don't, I actually realize I, what is your, do you mind sharing a little bit about your career background before starting? Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. So I, um, when I went to college for health and social policy, I found health to be like the health sciences to be really interesting. I didn't know if I wanted to go to like nursing school or what have you, but then I ended up getting accepted into a five-year program. So I got a master's in international economics and finance. Oh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, so, cause I had a minor in business. So like a little bit all over the place, which is kind of how I lead my life. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. it. Never a dull moment. Uh, Never a dull moment. So I, it was while I was in, in grad school that I met my husband and um, yeah. And so then I, you know, worked a few different jobs, including fundraising and event planning um, and then um, program management. And a lot of the things that I learned through there was everything, like things that are applicable in day-to-day -day business, how to manage a schedule, how to manage performance, how to manage your budget um, how to work on a timeline, how to manage, um, individuals on a team, you know, yeah. many different priorities, things like that. So I was able to, to take a lot of nuggets of wisdom from all my different jobs and be able to truly funnel it into, um, being a business owner. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. And thank you for sharing that. I realized I was like, I can't believe I never, I did not ask that before. So, but, <laughs> but what to what you were saying earlier, right? It's like that patience is key and reckon and seeing it through. And, and I don't know about you, but like you said, right, you, you were able to transfer a lot of the skill sets that you learned. And I wonder was understanding that patience in that like return on investment, like, was there anything that you learned once you started your business that was like completely dip, like a 180 from when you were in-house somewhere? Mm, let me see here. I don't know about complete 180, but it further, further confirmed my point. I feel like when you're working for someone else, you work long hours, you work mm. hard and you know, versus when you're working for yourself, I feel like you want to work even harder. And yeah. like, and if there are even longer hours, you're okay with that because it's for yourself, right? But yeah. so in terms of 180, I don't know, I, I can't think of anything. That's fair. 
That's fair. Okay, my final question for you, because I want to be mindful of your time, is in your, actually, I'll say in about a year from now, where do you see Solmati? A year from now, that's a good question. And I just got like butterflies just thinking about it. <laughs> now, we would love to see Solmati in the homes of a lot of postpartum women. We would like to have Solma T be seen as an innovator, as somebody who really made a splash in the postpartum market. I feel like there are so many different products out there aimed to improve the life of postpartum women. We want to be one of the leaders that actually is improving lives. Um, and in doing that by ease of access, you know, by being easily to, to attain, um, by making a difference, by doing what we are saying that we do, which is giving moms one less thing to worry about. Um, we would love to be on gift guides. We would love to, um, you know, be considered as, you know, what to get your pregnant, uh, your pregnant friend who already has everything. Oh, a gift card to Solma <laughs> Um, things like that. Um, really we would love to, and then all of that, and we would love to be able to really like have a community, um, in place, um, and be able to build that so that we have really big, exciting goals for the future, you know, as we continue to grow five, 10 years from now, and it all starts here, laying down the foundation, um, to get our tea out there to really build this community of mom, this village of moms. Um, so that's what we're that's what we're working towards I love that and I love that it's gonna be it's going to be because I have no doubt about it because it's such a great product such a great brand and you're so great but I love that it's gonna be basically its own like ecosystem in a way of just moms and like you're basically building a support function for moms in many ways and and I appreciate it and I already know some pregnant people but I definitely will be giving them some of so much tea yeah Yeah, please do (laughs) we appreciate your support of course thank you and yeah how can we support you for anyone listening yeah, no, for anyone listening, please reach out soulmatee.com. Any questions or anything like that, we're always available. Instagram is at soulmatee. Um, you can reach out to us on our website as well. Um, just, you know, give us an opportunity. Um, I think it's very important to 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 say that our product is deemed as a supplement um, because of the ingredients that are in there. Um, so think of it as a supplement to help supplement your postpartum breastfeeding journey. Um, so how to support, just give us a try and, uh, let us know what you think. Our testimonials are very important, especially as we are starting out. So we really appreciate your support in that sense. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm excited and to support Any first time orders, feel free to use the code yay ma and you get 15% off. Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of the edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. 
Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.